Hello everyone! Welcome to Campaigning with Euphoria, a podcast directed by young activists from the NGO One Campaign to talk about their activities in the European capital in the fight against extreme poverty and inequality. In our first episode, we will talk about Gavi, the Alliance vaccine. The organization is one of the world's most effective global initiatives and it focuses on increasing access to vaccine and supporting countries to develop their health system. Gabi helps to vaccinate almost half of the world's children against deadly and debilitating infectious diseases. Since its creation in 2000, Gavi has protected more than 760 million children from potentially fatal infectious diseases. Yes, that's a whole generation. On the 4th of June took place the Gavi's third donor pledging conference, which collated 8 billion euros to support health system and immunized 300 million more children in the world's poorest countries against diseases like measles, polio, diphtheria by the end of 2025. In March, one launched the Gavi campaigns, asking the European Union to pledge 300 million euros to Gavi. Are you curious to hear more about this campaign? If so, then you're very lucky. Because today I have the pleasure to have with me Anna and Jeff, two youth ambassadors that were particularly involved in this campaign. Hi to both of you and thank you for being here. But before we pass the words to them, listen to the closing remarks of the President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, at the planning conference a few weeks ago. In the last month, the European Union has helped raise almost 10 billion euros to fight coronavirus. Of these, one and a half is for Gavi. Our common aim with Gavi and many other partners is to speed up the delivery of an affordable COVID-19 vaccine for all who need it. To that end, we are ready to discuss the merits of a global COVID-19 vaccine procurement. Well, in the end, the EU pledged 300 million for Gavi. It seems we had the good news, right, Anna? Very much. <laughs> but before I start discussing with you about this amount, if you allow me, I would like to present you shortly to our listener. So you are coming from Germany, but you move in your young age to Belgium, to the German-speaking community parts of the country, and now you're studying a bachelor degree in international relations and global governance in Brussels. And since last March, you are also youth ambassador at Web Campaign. Is it all correct? Exactly. I just finished my studies and I'm happy to have the time to be here with you. Okay, perfect. So my first question for you would be, um, the aim of one Gavi campaigns was for the EU to pledge 300 million euros to Gavi. And as we heard uh, earlier in Ursula's speech, that has been achieved. Is that a victory? I know there's still a lot to be done, but in this case, our specific goal was reaching 300 million euros for Gavi, and I think that was definitely a step into the right direction. And it was not just knowing that our work paid off, but also that our campaigning translates into actual impact for real life people. And I think that really was a victory of all then I, I read the brilliant article that you wrote uh, for one's blog about Gavi campaign. Can you explain what you and other youth ambassadors did? So 
I know I see you're talking about Gavi, but actually at the beginning of this year, I did not know what Gavi was. But um, very fortunately, at the launch of our Youth Ambassador Program in spring, we were introduced to Gavi and it goes through lots of activities and lectures and games. And we also had the amazing chance to talk to Marie-Ange, the Managing Director of Gavi, who really gave us a great insight into what they do and we could learn a lot from her. And then, yeah, we were ready to talk, to start campaigning to uphold the funding for the Gavi uh, vaccine awareness. Yeah, and yes, uh, as you said, like through your activity, it was time like for action. And during this campaign, so you had to contact the MEP to invite them uh, to take part in the Gavi petition. Um, but just before uh, you tell us what you did, for those who perhaps uh, do not know what a member of European Parliament is, could you briefly explain to us what their role and power in European decision-making are? So an MEP or a member of the European Parliament, like the name says, uh, they make up the European Parliament, which is very similar to national parliaments as we know it. And in a very simplified way, the European Parliament, together with the Council of the EU, is responsible for passing laws, but it also checks and monitors the other EU institutions. And all the 705 MEPs are directly directed by the fellow citizens in their respective member states. So like we vote in national elections, um, they represent interests of EU citizens on the EU level. Yeah, okay, so their voice are like quite important, if exactly. I understood. Um, and who was the process to contact the MEPs? So we first sent an email to the target MEPs, so explaining Gavi uh, and why we need the funding for Gavi. Then we went on Twitter thanking MEPs who had already signed and at the same time encouraging others whose signatures were still missing to join us. Then I know that a lot of other use ambassadors the US ambassadors got really creative and the phone calls, sent the email again with maybe a different catchphrase, sent in personalized messages even, and we really had a positive feedback. Oh, that's so cool. And what do you think this MEP is committed to as the European Commission for an ambitious pledge for Gavi? I think we talked to them during a time, we talked to them during the lockdown and at this time, the topic of vaccines was very relevant, so it made them very open to our proposal, especially because Gavi um, is already a very well-organized alliance and it has proven how impactful it can be. So that really did convince them. And who did you contact and, and why? I mostly contacted German MEPs. I think it's uh, nice for them to receive messages in their native language, really all across the political spectrum. Um, That's cool. Then you said that you had the positive feedback. How were yes, this uh, positive yes. feedback? Actually, I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think I could convince one third of the people I talked to to join the pledge. And from those people who replied, I really got a really positive feedback and also a lot of interest in the vaccine alliance and what it does. Then the day of the pledge, did, did you watch it or not? Unfortunately, I could not. Uh, watch the pledge, but I just noticed our group chat going crazy, being very excited about all that we had achieved. And it was really nice to see von der Leyen in person talking about upholding that pledge for Gabby. And um, what happened after all this work? Afterwards, we sent a thank yous to both the Commission 
So we sent a personalized message to both the commissioner for the DG for Development and Cooperation, and we also sent a thank you note to Ursula von der Leyen, as well as thanking all the other MEPs who signed the pledge for Gabi. Well done. <laughs> and I take also this opportunity to thank all the MEPs who participate in this campaign, and as well as the European Commission, particularly President Ursula von der Leyen and Commissioner Jutta Umperlenen for their support to Gabi. Well, we should also thank Gabi for the amazing job they are doing. With this new financial support, the Vaccine Alliance will bring the total number of children vaccinated to 1.1 billion. That's impressive, right, Jeff? Uh, yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, it's a uh, huge potential, I think. Um, a lot of resources are, um, are there now, so I think it's time to deliver in the future. I'm looking forward to see how um, their, uh, people will live up to this promise of also delivering the, the vaccines and make sure it's uh, equitably access, accessible, as they, uh, as they mentioned also in the... Uh, yeah, in the yeah, because that's quite a, a huge amount. And mm -hmm. uh, so, Jeff, you are from uh, Belgium and currently a junior researcher at the Institute of Tropical Medicine in Antwerp. Mm -hmm. uh, and like Anna, you are one of the 2021 Youth Ambassadors. And uh, I would like to thank you again for, for being here. And my first question for you is the fact that you are working in the area of health makes the subject of vaccination even more important to you? Um, I think it definitely makes it more tangible for me. Like, um, like understanding the overwhelming evidence there is for uh, for vaccinations and that it works. Um, I think after um, safe potable water, it's like the most successful public health intervention ever. Like the amount of the quality of life you can gain with gaining uh, with vaccinating children is is like huge, of course. Um, but the benefits are also beyond um, individual level. It's like make sure that people can live their life in dignity. Um, can enjoy education, go to school, participate actively to society. Um, so yeah, the benefits are, are really on multiple levels. Um, so knowing that, I think, makes it very important for me to uh, advocate for this, uh, for vaccinations, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah and um, I guess that if we need to have these benefits, we need also money. And the lack of access to vaccine increased social and financial inequalities. Um, and this is even a bigger problem if you look at low-income countries, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think there is um, definitely a disproportionate burden on infectious diseases among um, socioeconomic disadvantaged groups. People living in poverty are more likely to suffer from infectious diseases because they are put in an environment that predisposes them uh, to such diseases. Um, so I think universal coverage with vaccination can really decrease such inequalities. Yeah, especially because the, the burden is so disproportionately divided. So yeah, to, in order to, to do that, there is really a need for global solidarity, I would say. There is room for an organization like Gavi to, um, to reach this or to bring together all different partners, different funders to, to ensure equitable access. Uh, that's why it's so important, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we have seen also with the COVID-19 crisis, the importance of uh, vaccines came to, to light. Mm -hmm. um, are you worried about the future inequalities created by this pandemic? Yeah, I am kind of worried uh, about it, I think. Um, 
not so much because this pandemic created uh, a lot of inequalities. I think it's rather, I would say, that um, existing or pre-existing inequalities were exacerbated or even amplified even further. Um, and there is already also mounting evidence um, to support this claim that this is true, that people who, will, who were already marginalized or disadvantaged are even doing worse in times of this pandemic. Um, and I think it's important to state it um, that way because it means also for me that we were living already in a system or a society before COVID that was um, having inequalities inherent to that society. Um, so any solutions that we will be seeking in the same paradigm will only make matters worse, I think, uh, for me. And now already with Gavi, also a lot of uh, money has been pledged, a lot of resources are there now. But at the same time, I'm also witnessing that, um, yeah, there is still a sort of sense of um, a competitive atmosphere. Uh, also nationalist approaches like uh, several nations already trying to secure their portion of the vaccines for themselves. It doesn't really fit in that um, promise for equitable delivery. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see how, really how equitable access will be ensured. I think sometimes it's not really clearly phrased or really made clear on policy levels, like how exactly yeah. this will be done. And I think it's needed to really do that, phrase yeah. it uh, explicitly, because otherwise I fear that uh, people are going to be left behind once again. So this is yeah. something I really am closely watching, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. Keep advocating for it, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, just the lockdown period starts, and uh, to mark the World Immunization Week, uh, you had this interview with Marie-Ange, uh, the director manager of Gavi. Mm -hmm. uh, what will it take to the next generation to be secure? Um, well, I think if you talk about security, um, I would answer with protection. Um, I think protection on multiple levels is going to be really important. Um, this includes finance, financial protection, of course, um, by making all medicine, all vaccinations um, financially accessible and affordable. So really limit out-of-pocket expenses, make sure that people don't have to pay a lot out of their own pocket, which will push them again into poverty. Um, but also protection on, on many levels, I think uh, like there's a shared responsibility for people, communities, governments, um, the global community to make sure that people are living in healthy environments and a healthy workplace. Some of these things are not in the grasp of an individual responsibility, so everybody will need to, need to deliver and need to, um, there will need, there's a need for collaboration, I think, on a, on a global level. And uh, also to add what you said, uh, in the interview, Marie-Ange stressed, and I quote, there is no better time to invest in humanization and in the health system. Are you agree with that? Uh, yes, actually, I very much agree with it. And I think both are needed, uh, immunizations and health systems. Uh, so I was, I was really glad that she phrased it that way. Um, because you can have vaccinations ready and uh, you have the manufacturer developed. But in order to distribute and deliver them, you will need strong health systems to do that. So um, also, in, I've always been a very big fan of, of strengthening health systems. And I think in this case of COVID-19, it shows it again, because vaccinations are, are uh, not always the holy grail, I would say as well. Like in situations where we're in right now, when a new disease pops up, there are no vaccinations against because For vaccinations, you need to know who the enemy is or who yeah. you target. Mm -hmm. And for newly emerging diseases, this, there is always that period in the beginning when that you cannot cover with vaccines because it's not there. 
So I think a strong health system that is able to take that first wave or uh, the first burden of disease that comes is really important in terms of being prepared, being resilient uh, as a health system. And I think there are definitely lessons to learn uh, also from this uh, pandemic now to make sure or really advocate for investing in health systems as well, because uh, I think this really this pandemic has shown how important it is to be well prepared. Also in Western countries who uh, mm-hmm. have also not always done really well in this <laughs> pandemic. So, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And uh, also you said in the interview, a vaccine is more than a shot in your arm that prevents disease. And it's also a shot at a better future. How can we give a shot to everyone for a better future? I think by creating wide support um, for the idea of having equal opportunities uh, for everyone. Um, I think this is, uh, yeah, unfortunately, not always the natural order of things. I think you need to acknowledge that there are problems with inequalities that are existing um, in the world. So. Uh, Yeah, keep talking about this, keep this debate going. This is something that I see as my task also. <laughs> That's yeah. also why I'm here or I take okay. every opportunity to talk about it, to put it on the agenda and yeah. like, uh, have that message spread that there is that uh, equal opportunities is not something that is there. We need to actively work on it or on, otherwise it will not uh, mm-hmm. uh, naturally happen. It's not an obvious thing. And from your point of view as like youth ambassadors, How can a young activist fight for a more equal and fair world? Um, I think it's also a matter of being um, uh, really passionate and consistent in the things you fight for and you advocate for. Like, it's, if the goal for me is to um, to fight against those inequalities, so it's like, like I said before, like um, every opportunity you have, um, even if it just seems like a small thing, just a small talk somewhere or. Uh, small piece of writing you can do on, on the topic. Um, it doesn't need to be new ideas all at the same time. It's For me, it's about really being consistent of um, the topics you, you are passionate about and keep rephrasing them again and again uh, to make sure they, they are not lost in uh, all the wealth of information that is out there. Yes, um, okay. And I agree also with that, uh, Jana. Yes, I agree with you. Um, I think lack of access to healthcare is really just one of a much bigger, much complex issue. So you should fight this inequality wherever you can, even if it's just a small thing. And even what you do might not seem as impactful, but just try to do whatever you can with the means you have. Yeah, and I, I will be also with you to, to fight for a better world. Um, unfortunately, we have to finish our conversation, but we'll be back soon with uh, Youth Ambassador Stories. And uh, just a small word, if you would like to also watch the video and the interview of Marie-Ange and Jeff, you can find it in our Twitter account at One in EU. And I would like to thank again Anna and Jeff for, for being here with us today and to c- congratulate them uh, on their amazing, amazing work during the past few months. Thank you, guys. And uh, for more information about Gavi Campaign, do not forget to read Anna's blog on one.org, the international website of One Campaign. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast, thank you as well. Do not forget to subscribe and stay tuned for more interesting stories from our youth ambassadors. 
the fight for a more equal world belongs to everyone and we all can do our part. We, as one US ambassador, won't stop because no one of us are safe until all of us are safe.